All right, in the first hour, we acknowledge that today is the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time if we're following the liturgical calendar, and that the first reading in the lectionary, that the first reading in the lectionary is Proverbs chapter 31. So go to Proverbs chapter 31 really quick. I'll get everyone caught up and tell you what we did in the first hour if you missed it, and uh, try to see if we can advance this and see if we can... Uh, complete it. Just an interesting note for those who like history that in 2025, uh, the Catholic Church will be putting out a new lectionary. This is the first time in 400 years that the lectionary has been changed and updated. So I don't know. I think primarily it's going to be a new translation. I think it's going to be a new translation. I don't know if they're going to offer any readings or change the readings, but yeah, it's the first time in 400 years that the lectionary has been touched. So um, it's pretty significant from a historical perspective. Um, so now for all Catholic churches, they have to buy all kinds of new books. <laughs> so like it's a big, it's going to be a big investment, but, um, but yeah, they're probably, yeah, exactly. So but, uh, so, yeah, yeah, we could, we could talk about that. There's all kinds of articles and everything about it, but we won't do that. The thing that we're trying to figure out is why did the lectionary today start with Proverbs 31? Because Proverbs 31 begins like this. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above Rubies, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and work with willingly with her hands. She is like a merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. And it goes on and lists all the things this woman is supposed to do. And it's, the list is long. The list would be probably considered a burden to anyone who would read it. And if we're being even remotely honest with ourselves, this passage, if we're, being, if we're going to look at it from a very practical, fleshly standpoint and even be remotely honest, this passage has led nothing to but guilt and shame upon women for 2,000 years of church history because, I mean, look, men, we don't have a chapter or anything like this. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, obviously, long on there. I'm just mainly focusing on Christian, how Christianity has approached it. I don't know how ancient Judaism approached it, but how Christianity has approached it. It is, it has thrown guilt and shame upon women because if you think about it, as I mentioned in the first hour, there's no chapter like this in the Bible for men. There's nothing. I mean, this gives specific details, and it is. I mean, we're just going to be honest. Christianity is a male-dominated religion, is it not? Who's in charge of churches? Men. And so, isn't it convenient that men have taken this passage and said, this is what a woman is supposed to do. And if you don't do this, you're not a good wife. Because who benefits from that teaching? The men. Okay, the men. And who feels guilty and shameful? The women, all right? And they get beat down, and be, but they're supposed to pursue it and pursue it and pursue it. Now, when just because that's a reality, I'm not saying you just take Proverbs at 31 and throw it out, but I think, and I put this hypothesis forth years ago, I handed it to all of you guys and said, work on it, that I believe the way Proverbs 31 has been interpreted all of these years is completely, completely wrong. And that people have completely misunderstood the entire book. 
Uh, and so we're, we're, so I, I put forth the hypotheses. And so since this is a lectionary reading today, I'm going to go back to it. Now, I did demonstrate that even the lectionary's use of Proverbs 31 today clearly gives an indication that people handle it completely wrong because the rest of the readings for today, none of them are about wives. They use Proverbs 31 to take a general, this is what this woman does, and guess what? This is what we are all to do spiritually. So immediately I was like, well, the lectionary is clearly using Proverbs 31, not in the traditional way. So that got me thinking, I'm like, well, I, caught, I talked about it years ago. Let's go back to it. Let's put, put it back together. So here's the thing. I'm just going to, I'm just going to give the reader's digest version. I know that's a dated term. I'm going to give the cliff notes. Maybe that's even a dated term. I'm going to give the TikTok version. Okay. Of what I've done, uh, for the last hour. Okay. So I got to do like what, you know, two, three minutes. Okay. All right. So here's the, here's the hypothesis. Proverbs 31 is a book that is classified as wisdom literature and it contains Hebrew poetry. And sadly, too many people interpret Proverbs in very wooden, literal ways. So they'll see a promise in Proverbs and say, oh, this is the way it always is for everyone, right? And that leads to major problems and major guilt. And we, and that we interpret it in such a wooden, literal way when immediately anyone reading Proverbs should know that's not the way you should interpret it. And one of the major things the book of Proverbs does is it personifies wisdom as a woman. And it personifies foolishness as a strange woman. And the entire book is a contrast between two women. So when you get to Proverbs 31, that's not about a wife. It's about wisdom. And everything talked about this wife in Proverbs 31, we've already seen, and we've only made it how far? Six chapters in? Because we are going through the entire book of Proverbs looking at every female pronoun. Every single female pronoun. And what we have seen right from the very beginning, go to Proverbs chapter 1, just so that people don't think I'm crazy, even though they will, but that's okay. Proverbs chapter 1, because this... I mean, this is not even complicated to figure out. Proverbs chapter 1, the very first time a woman, a female pronoun is used, the very first time, immediately we see what happens. Verse uh, Chapter 1, verse 20, the first word, everyone, wisdom crieth without she, she uttereth her voice in the streets. And it goes on for verses there. She, 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 she. Wisdom is a woman. And then later on, we're going to, a new woman is going to be introduced into the book. And that is the strange woman. And everyone wants to, to interpret the strange woman is very literal. Wisdom here is, it's a personification and this happens in the Hebrew Bible where you personify a concept as a person. Wisdom is personified as a woman. Foolishness is personified as a strange woman. And, that, and, and guess what Proverbs 31 is? Just from a reading, if just basic reading comprehension. It's the last chapter of a book, which means it is the 
climax of the book, the conclusion. And so at the end of the book, it doesn't just all of a sudden at the end of Proverbs, it's like, well, let's spend a few minutes and let everyone know what a a wife is supposed to do. No, it's finally showing you after all of this discussion discussion about wisdom that everything said about wisdom now shows up in a personification of the virtuous woman and it is describing wisdom. And just as it says in Proverbs, way before you get to 31, the man who finds wisdom, because wisdom is viewed in Proverbs as something greater than gold, something greater than, a, than silver. It's the thing that you should pursue. That's how the woman is described in Proverbs 31. So we're trying to, we're, we're, I'm still calling it a hypothesis. Obviously, I'm convinced of it. But I, I'm putting it as a hypothesis until we finish going through all the verses. So in uh, Sunday school, we spent the entire hour working through every female pronoun. And where did we stop, Sarah? Because I don't remember. Okay, we just, did we finish everything in chapter five? All right. For those who weren't here, either go back and listen to the sermon or you spend the day when you get home going through Proverbs one through five and look at every female pronoun and say, okay, that's, and, and you're going to see exactly what I'm talking about. So we finished all of chapter five. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. All right. And then, uh, and then we'll, and just, and just so that we know for those who missed it, if we go back to verse chapter five, verse, because I know this is going to be the most controversial one and I'm going to take off lots of sermons and lots of pastors who preach sermons instead of teach the Bible. All right. Proverbs chapter five, verse 16. I'm just going to go ahead or 15. I'm just going to go through this because I know this is going to be the one that's going to get the most pushback uh, uh, other than Proverbs 31. Drink waters out of thine own cistern and return waters out of thine own well. Now, immediately, this turns into a discussion about adultery or cheating and that type of thing, right? Hey, stay faithful. Don't go chasing, you know, waterfalls. Don't go chasing water from a different way. Don't go do that, right? Stay with with the woman, your woman. But to me, this is, everyone's missing the point. This is contrasting. You should find woman wisdom and stay with her. Because woman wisdom does what? Life, prosperity. The strange woman going chase the other water, right? Is going to lead to death. So as you begin to read this, all right, let them be thine own and not to strangers with thee. Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her... Be as the loving hind and a pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times. Be thou ravished always with her love. Now, I know this turns into discussions for marriage counseling and physical relations, and it turns into a a million discussions, but it's missing the overall structure of the book. From the very beginning, it made wisdom a woman, and it made the strange woman the personification of foolishness. And so at this point, what are, you to, what are you to be satisfied with? Wisdom. And why, and why will thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. His own iniquity shall take the wicked. He shall die without instruction. And the greatness of his folly, he shall go astray. You get the basic concept. Now, if you want to apply it beyond that, I got no problem but the, don't forget the overall structure of the book. Okay, 
That's chapter five. Now, chapter six, what's the next verse? Okay, and that shows up where? Verse six, all right? We're going to read every single one of them, all right? Proverbs 6, 6, because then nobody can come back and say, yeah, I wish you would just learn to read your Bible. Okay, oh, man, alive. Okay, all right. Verse six, go to the, of any church that should ever never be accused of that should be this church, right? Because in every situation, we look up every single verse, but it'll be someone like, you don't know what you're talking about. You just need to read your Bible. Okay, whatever. All right. Proverbs 6, 6. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. So the ant is referenced in uh, as a female pronoun. And once again, the ant is considered to be wise, and which stays consistent with the theme of the whole book, that wisdom is a she. All right, next. Okay, provideth her meat in the summer and uh, gathereth her food in the harvest. Does, does Proverbs 6, 8 sound like Proverbs 31? Absolutely the same. Absolutely the same. Right, because it's the personification of wisdom. All right, next. Verse 25. Okay, all right, okay, good. All right, thank you, thank you. Because we're trying not to miss any here. All right, we'll go back to verse 24. Yes. No, just she for the whole book of Proverbs. Okay, yeah, I'll pull it up, I'll pull it up. All right, give me a second, because yeah, I don't want to miss any. I was assuming that we hadn't missed any, but okay. Hopefully we haven't. All right, let me, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me go to Proverbs, all right. Okay, here we go. She. All right. All right. Okay, so, all right, good. We're good to go because we're in chapter six right now, right? Okay, we're good. So next time is chapter seven, so we're good. All right, chapter six, we start, we're at verse 20. All right, good, here we go. I'm gonna go back to verse nine, I'll start in verse 20. My son, keep thy father's commandments and forsake not the law of thy mother, right? Which is obviously, once again, what's the father's commands and the mother's law is connected with what? Wisdom, right? So once again, it's connected with wisdom. All right, um, next verse, 24. All right, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Once again, the evil woman, the strange woman, is contrasted to, to it's, it's likened unto foolishness versus the wise woman or wisdom as a woman, all right? Lust not after her beauty in thy heart, neither let thy take thee with her eyelids. So therefore, the strange woman or foolishness may be attractive. It may be attractive. Foolishness can be attractive, can it not? Foolishness can be very, very, very attractive. You can like, because sometimes you'll be like, oh, why? sometimes it's even hard to explain why we did what we did. Like, why did you do that? that? That's stupid. Well, don't you understand how attractive stupid can be? All right. Attractive can look far more, uh, stupid and foolish can look far more attractive than wisdom. Wisdom can look what? Boring, hard work, no fun, no pleasure, where foolishness is like, let's go to Vegas and party, baby. Like, let's, like, that, that's what, that's what foolishness says, okay? 
right? So we have to realize there's a contrast, there's a contrast being made throughout the book, all right? Um, and it says, uh, 23, um, or well, I mean, verse 22, when thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou wakest, it shall talk with thee, all right? Talking about the commandments and, uh, the, those, those things. Uh, verse, um, 24, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, lust not after her beauty and thine uh, heart, neither let you, uh, her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Now I understand you can take this in the most literal way, but overall and the theme of the book, this is that the foolishness personified as a woman is going to bring you to what? Destruction and death, where wisdom is personified as a woman that will bring to life, all right? Okay, uh, next verse. Okay, verse 32. But whosoever committeth adultery with a woman, liketh understanding, he that doeth destroyeth his own soul. Now, yes, once again, by no means are we denying that this is a warning against adultery. Please understand. But in the broader theme, it's contrasting, don't go commit adultery with what? Foolishness. Don't, and you could argue to commit adultery with foolishness could be committing adultery with a real, wo- real woman, right? Because that would be a foolish thing to do from God's perspective. But the, it's contrasting the two women. The whole book is really about two women in, in, in a lot of ways, all right? Next verse. Oh, I missed 29. Uh, so he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent, right? They're not going to be innocent. Again, from a literal perspective, but even after pursuing foolishness, all right? Next verse. All right, so nothing else in uh, chapter 6. We got everything, all right? Chapter 7, you said the first verse you have is 5, all right? Um, we do have sister in verse 4. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start in one and we'll work our way into it. Okay, my son, keep my word and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live and my law is the apple of thine eye. Now the commandments, his word, all of that is, is connected with what? Wisdom, right? Over and over and over, right? Bind them upon thy finger, write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister and call understanding Thy kinswoman. Again, the female connection is, it's all, it's throughout the whole book. It's over and over and over and over and over. Everybody see that? Verse five. If I can turn the page. Why is my, there we go. All right. Verse five. Then they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. Do you see the contrast now? What, look at uh, wisdom in verse four. What is she? Your sister. Everybody see it? And she is your kinswoman. Everybody see seven four? And she is going to keep you from the strange woman from the stranger which flattereth with her words. Does everyone see that? Yeah, the, the, the wise woman whom you're supposed to stay faithful with. The wise woman whom you're to find satisfaction in will keep you from chasing after the other, right? 
Don't go chasing waterfalls, right? Don't, that, don't, don't, quoting, I know I'm quoting lots of song lyrics today, but don't go, don't go chase that. Stay with woman wisdom because the other woman's going to lead to death. All right, next verse. Okay, uh, I'm going to look at, uh, if you look at 711 or verse 10, all right, let's not miss these. And behold, there met him a 710. Yeah, met a woman with the attire of a harlot, subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abideth not in her house. Now is she without now in the streets and lieth in wait at every corner. Now, please note, where did we find woman wisdom in chapter one? In the streets. She was roaming around the streets, right? In chapter one. And she was like, hey, how long are you going to remain dumb and foolish? Come follow me. And nobody wanted to listen to woman wisdom. Now, in chapter seven, in chapter, or in chapter seven, yes, in chapter seven, we have another woman. Remember, this is, the whole book is contrasting two women. And where is this one woman? She's in the streets. In fact, look at verse 12. She lieth in wait at every corner. So she caught him and kissed him, and with an impudent face said unto him, I have peace offerings with me. This day I have paid my vows. Now, I know we want to translate, we want to interpret this in the most literal way possible. And that this is just warning after warning against adultery, adultery, adultery. By all means, the Proverbs screams about not committing adultery. I mean, we we can't deny that fact, right? It's there. But the, the bigger picture is, this is, there's this other woman. There's, there's a woman walking in the streets and her name is Wisdom, right? And she's calling to listen. And if you follow her, what do you get? If you marry her, life, prosperity, peace, goodness. She's more valuable than gold or silver. She's more valuable than rubies. She's, she's, she, her excellence exceeds everyone. That's the woman you want to stay with. But now all of a sudden we have this other woman and she's out in the streets. And what is she doing? Yeah, she will kiss. And then what does she say? I have peace offerings with me. This day I have paid my vows. Now, what is that? It's almost, she's utilizing what? She could actually be utilizing religion. Could be trying to act all religious. Acting religious, but then What? Draw him away. Yeah. Therefore, come forth to meet thee diligently to seek thy face. I have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry, with carved works, with fine linen of Egypt. I perfume my bed with myrrh, alloys, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until the morning. Let us let us solace ourselves with love. For the good man is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He hath taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield with the flattering of her lips. She forced him. She used, she used everything, right? She used religion. She used the setting. She used the opportunity. Hey, my husband's gone. And I know when he's going to come back. 
She used love. She uses everything in her disposal to get the man to leave wisdom for her. For foolishness. Now, again, I understand because I know people are going to, I'm going to get 500 emails. I am not denying the literal approach. Let me make it very clear. The overall spiritual picture still fits with the more literal, does it not? If I am chasing, if I am in love with and faithful to woman wisdom, then I should theoretically not then pursue the woman of, uh, the strange woman, the harlot, how she is described, and end up committing adultery. Wisdom should keep you from that. But just as in a literal way, a woman can use all of those things, a woman can use all of those things, can use religion, can use opportunity, can use love. I mean, she pulls out everything. She pulls out every trick in the book, right? And then he succumbs, he falls. Right. Yeah, like he's, he's as an animal to a slaughter, as it says, right? I mean, look at every, she, she, she comes up with everything here, right? And he goeth after her straight away as an ox goeth to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Till a dart strikes through his liver as a bird hisseth to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O you children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways, uh, to go astray in her paths. For she has cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the, her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. That's some pretty serious warnings. It's pretty serious. But let's make this very clear. This is, this is, this is the point we have to get because if you take it, if you take it in a very literal way, that's a great warning. Right? And it's not even speaking about the women. It's speaking from, from the man's perspective. But the man has to be on the lookout there for a woman who would be using religion, setting, opportunity, love, all in the attempt to lead to death. Right? Men should be, but this has a deeper picture. Men should be married to woman wisdom. And guess what? Foolishness, the the other woman personified, all of those other things can still be used to lead you to, whether, whether adultery ever occurs, these other things can be used to pull you away from wisdom. So in a sense, you're committing adultery with foolishness, stupidity, ignorance, because you're being seduced. And it may use what to do so? May use religion. Today, what's today's date? The 19th. Guess what yesterday was? In fact, it was November the 19th. Was it 1970? I'm bad at dates. 1975 or 76? Today was the day they found all the people who had died in Jonestown. It's the anniversary. It's the anniversary. I talked about it on a a podcast, right? Horrible anniversary. Over 900 people died. Uh, Guyana, yeah. So uh, over 900 people, and I can't remember the number, 
a large portion of them were under the age of 17. Okay, a few escaped, right? And, and yeah, that's why they found them, because some, some had escaped and they heard a congressman is shot. I mean, the whole thing, the, the story is insane. The, the story of Jonestown has always scared me absolute to death. But it started with a man, religion, the Bible. He felt that the church was filled with hypocrites. He stood for good things. He hated racism in the church. He stood against segregation. He hated that churches wouldn't allow uh, people of, of different races to marry. He condemned it all. He thought the churches were, were, were hip, hypocrites and they didn't care about the poor and all they cared about was themselves. He stood against it all. Now, he also had major political views. Okay, which once again, what, what do I always say when you merge politics and Christianity? People die. And guess what? People died. But, but in a sense, wisdom, people instead of being married to wisdom, they were seduced by words that promised what? A pure religion, just like this woman promised, right? Equity, justice, equality, love your neighbor. Does that not sound good? Caring for one another, a community. Because many of those people lived in communities where they were being rejected or discriminated against. So he wanted a place where people would be equal and that they would not, they would have their needs met. It all sounds good. Sometimes foolishness looks good and sounds good, but it can seduce you. So I want to make sure you understand. So because when we take it in a very literal way, we kind of miss out. Look, literal way, hey, Men, don't be seduced and commit adultery. No matter how pleasant the words are, no matter if it's, no matter if it's religious words, not religious words, love, what, don't go for it. Now, that's easier said than done, but don't go for it. But let me make it very clear. People who have never committed adultery, we've all committed adultery in this way. We've left woman wisdom for the strange woman, for foolishness in some way, shape, or form. Just like you can commit adultery spiritually without ever committing uh, adultery in a physical way or even in a mental way, you can commit... Everyone everyone in this room is guilty of spiritual adultery. And I guarantee you, time and time again, what have we pursued? The strange woman. Foolishness. That There's a deeper meaning here, okay? That, that, does that get us all through chapter 8? Seven, okay, now now chapter eight. Oh, chapter eight, oh boy, okay. We have a lot in chapter eight, do we not? Okay. Okay, oh, it is, okay, all right. So we'll, we'll start in verse one. Uh, Doth not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? Now, I, I just want to make sure, let, hang on. Once again, I just want you to show you why I think my hypothesis remains true. Any time... The book breaks off, like you'll be reading the Proverbs and it's wisdom, 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 foolishness, foolishness. And then all of a sudden in the middle of it, there'll be a section in many cases about the adulterous woman or even about alcohol. And sometimes they seem way out of place. And as soon as it's over, immediately what does it go back to? Wisdom. Demonstrating that these are just examples 
of the bigger, of, of the bigger issue. Does that make sense? Okay. So what happens in chapter eight, verse one? Doth not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of the high places by the way in the place of the path. Once again, where is this woman at? She's in the street. She's out. She's out and about just like the other woman is. The other woman is and she's seducing. She's using everything to say, come with me to pull you away from the other woman. It's a, con- it's a battle between two women, all right? She crieth at the gate, at the entry of the city, at the coming in the doors, unto, unto you, O man, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. Now, please note, the, the seduction that happens, isn't it interesting that the seduction happens with the adulterous woman? It's always the woman seducing the man, right? That's how it is in Proverbs, correct? Because it's maintaining the overall story, the overall narrative. So, and now here's the other woman. This is woman wisdom. And now she's not being a, she's not being seductive. What is she doing? Instead of seducing with flattery, she's simply doing what in chapter eight? She's calling out. She's just calling. She's not using flattery. She's not using seduction. She's not, she's not trying to, she's just being very straightforward. Everybody see that? Right, and look what happens. And then uh, she says, oh, you simple, understand wisdom and you fools be uh, ye of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things. When it says, I will speak, who's speaking? The woman, which is wisdom. And the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. Please note the difference. The adulterous woman in the previous chapters, what was she doing with her lips? Flattery and kissing the man. She is not doing that. She's just speaking truth. Everybody see the difference? All right. For my mouth shall speak truth and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. They're all plain to him that understandeth and write to them that findeth knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. What again, once again, it goes right back to the Proverbs 31 image. A A woman, the right woman is more valuable than anything else. And it, once again, the wisdom, it's, it's following the same concept. For wisdom is better than rubies. For wisdom is better than rubies. Does that sound like Proverbs 31? What verse in Proverbs 31? Verse 10. In fact, that's the very first verse of the lectionary today. She's above rubies. And then look what happens here. For wisdom is better than rubies. If you, I don't know what else I have to do to prove my point. The woman in Proverbs 31 is wisdom. The whole book can be, if you want to describe the entire book of Proverbs, it is a story of two women. And both of these women, one is a woman who says, hey, listen to me. Here are the words of wisdom and righteousness and godliness. You need to find her, marry her, and stay faithful to her. There's another woman out there and she's the strange woman and she will use everything. She'll use religion, love, opportunity, physical beauty, flattery, words. 
She she will know what to say to make everything great. And guess what? You will be pulled away from the other wisdom. Now, but please note, it's using this and as using the women, but clearly the personification the, the personification works for everyone. Women can be just as seduced by foolishness as men. But it's using it in a story about men being seduced, right? It's it's just it's it's a it's a storytelling device. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good point. Solomon would be an expert on this, right? He would be an expert on women. He would be an expert. Now it's, it's twisted that we were have that we're listening to him, okay? But 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 he would be an expert. Hey, so you know, some I know this goes against the logic in the minds of many Christians, but sometimes the person that's best to listen to is the person who's made the mistakes because they tend to probably understand the mistake. Better than those who, right? Maybe that's why God uses Solomon here. Because you would think, Solomon, I mean, if anyone shouldn't be, I mean, you would think, come on, let's be honest. Let's be honest. He had how many women? A thousand. All right. So let's, let's do this, right? You find out that there's a church down the street. And the pastor of that church has committed adultery a thousand times. And he's going to be doing a series on adultery. What would we do? (laughs) Who are you? Well, that's Proverbs. Now, I, I think he's doing more than talking about adultery here. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, he's talking about wisdom, but adultery is still a major, a major. We can't just ignore it, right? We can't just ignore it. All right, all right. Um, and then she continues to give this advice and this counsel, right? Is there anything else? Uh, look at uh, verse seventeen. Uh, just uh, again, following this, this some of this. I love them that love me. Those that seek me early shall find me. It's, it's kind of a reversal of Proverbs. Because, uh, and, and pro- or a reversal of Proverbs 31, in Proverbs 31, it's wisdom waking up early and going, look. And now it's saying those who love her should wake up early and seek her, right? Why? Because, well, she's going to be out early seeking the benefit for you. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and, and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, my revenue than choice silver. I mean, that sounds so much like Proverbs 31, it's not even... I mean, it's almost impossible not to see Proverbs 31 in all of this. That I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his ways before his works of old. Now, this turns into a major issue with Jehovah's Witnesses and about Christ being created. I won't get into all the theological issues here. We could spend forever. All right. Is there anything else in chapter 8 that I need to read? I'm trying not to stay here the whole time, but it's a hard chapter not to read. Skip. Okay, so um, uh, I think one more. Hang on. Yeah. Okay. I thought I thought we had something else. All right. So we go to chapter nine, verse one. All right. Here we go. Chapter nine, verse one. Everybody ready? I don't think we're going to be able to finish, but we're trying. All right. Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out. Her seven pillars. Now, once again, this sounds very much like what? 
Proverbs 31. She hath killed her beast. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. Does that not sound like the woman in Proverbs 31? I mean, like, if you can't see this, I, I don't know what else to say. Verse th- 3, she has sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest place of the city. Who is simple, let them turn in uh, hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith unto him, come eat of my bread. Now, immediately, what is the woman in Proverbs 31 doing? Providing all of this for the family. I cannot stress this enough. Like the, the image here, it, uh, the, I don't know why churches have missed this. I, I, look, I, I can tell you only one reason why churches have missed this. Because they're interested in, I said it in the first time, I'm going to say it again. They're interested in preaching sermons. But if you're interested in actually working and studying and struggling through the text, what do we start seeing? So many of those sermons simply do what? They keep you from Scripture. They don't get you to Scripture. Because you just want nice three points and be out at noon. But what we should want is to understand this. In the image, like, it's impossible to read this and not see Proverbs 31. It's all over the place, is it not? Come eat my bread, drink of the wine which I have mingled, forsake the foolish. Who's the foolish? The other woman, right? And live, go, and because the other woman, her way, her way leads to destruction and death. And go in the way of understanding. He that reproveth a scorner giveth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh a wicked man giveth himself a blot. Okay, uh, where's the next uh, verse? Where? Okay, verse 13. Okay, good. Um... A foolish woman, here it is, there's the foolish woman again, is clamorous. What does the NIV say? Okay, loud, all right. She is simple and knoweth nothing, for she sitteth at the door of her house on the seat in the high place of the city to call the passengers who go right on their way. Do you see where both women are? They're both in the exact same location. Both women are in the same place. Like they, the, the writer, it's like the writer is like, can you people not figure out how to read? It, the image is that as we go through life every day, we are confronted with two women. And, and woman wisdom isn't seductive. Woman wisdom isn't flattering. Woman wisdom isn't like, hey, handsome. Hey, you're awesome. Hey, you're this, you're that, you're this. And all those stuff like, whoa, you start believing, you're like, man, I feel good. This woman, I'm going to listen to this woman, right? Woman uh, wisdom does what? This is the truth, that is wrong. And you're kind of like, well, that's kind of harsh. And the other woman's like, hey, but come over here. You're the smartest, you're the best. You're the... And you're kind of like, well, sorry, woman wisdom. This other woman sounds much more fun than you do, right? She's, she's much more enticing. She's definitely making my male ego feel very good. I think I'm going to go with this woman, right? And so, and woman wisdom's like, well, go do it you, because you're stupid, right? I mean, woman wisdom doesn't even say, hey, are you sure? The woman wisdom like, well, go and you're going to die. They're, they're in the exact same place. That's the whole story of this entire book, all right? And then what happens? See, what, what, what verse was that we just looked at? 
13, yeah. For she sitteth at the door of her house on a seat in high places to call the passengers who go right on. Whosoever is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith unto him, stolen waters are sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Please note, this is back to the stolen water idea, right? Okay, but he knoweth not the death, the dead are there and that her gist are the depths of hell. Look, this, I'm telling you, this 100% proves my entire hypothesis. Because immediately this goes right back into what? It's contrasting woman wisdom with the foolish woman. This is not even really about it. This is not even about physical adultery as much as we want to make it about that. This is saying what? Hey, don't go with her. Because it's going to end up where? Destruction. I know it's hard for us to do this in our brain, but what I, because here's what we have a tendency to do. I, I, this, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But this is what I feel like happens in churches. Are you ready? As we're reading Proverbs, there's a good chance the women are sitting in the sermon looking over at the men. That's right, you dirty dogs. That's right. All you do is you want to cheat and you lust and you're adulterers, right? And so that the men then feel all very uncomfortable. And then when we get to Proverbs 31, then the man's like, you lazy, slothful woman. You don't do any of this in Proverbs 31. Maybe that's why I'm chasing the other woman. And sadly, it's kind of what it turns I know that's a very like, I'm, I'm using a little bit of hyperbole, but there's a little bit of that kind of shows up. These are the chapters that make the men feel bad. And this is the chapter that makes the woman feel bad. And what I'm trying to demonstrate to you is that we all should feel bad because this is about two women and one is not enticing. I want to make it very clear. It's not enticing. That's why. Is it not hard? You, you can stand in front of a, a school of teenagers, right? And say, hey, this is the smart thing to do. And most likely you won't end up in jail. You won't end up with a sexually transmitted disease. You won't end up with an unwanted pregnancy. You'll, you, da, 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 da. Here's all the benefits. Right? And here's the thing that will lead to all kinds of Death, problems, jail, who knows what, right? Okay, and then you're like, well, I presented that really good. Yeah, but it only lasts for about five seconds because the foolish, the wrong way, they show up going, hey, come on, you don't want to listen to those boomers. You don't, they're, they're idiots, they're stupid. You don't want to listen. What do they know? And they are far more enticing. And what always wins out? Enticing wins out over wise. Wisdom is boring. Wisdom is like, who wants that? The other always looks enticing, at least at the beginning, right? Enticing covers up drug addiction, death, disease, jail, prison, right? You know, you know, the, the, the foolish doesn't say, hey, go to prison and meet your cellmate Bubba, right? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't do that, right? It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't do that in any way, shape, or way. It covers that all up, right? Shows you all how wonderful everything is. Where, where that, that's what foolishness does. Wisdom will just show you the good, the bad, and doesn't even try. Wisdom doesn't even try to entice you. I mean, this, the good woman here doesn't use any flattery. 
You kind of want to go to Wisdom Woman going, you know, your messaging really stinks. If you could be a little bit more flattering, you could do a little bit more praising, you could do building up their ego, you could probably get a bigger audience. She doesn't seem interested in it. The other woman's like, let me show you how it's done. They're both in the same place. Uh, until, yeah, until you get to 31. Very good. Well, 31, she, yeah, she's definitely viewed in a much more positive light. Right, exactly. All right? So it's just crazy the way this plays itself out. I mean, I don't know how much more it can be clear. All right, what, uh, what, what's next? I want to spend more time there, but we can. Oh, we have nothing else till... Uh, well, in 10... Okay. All right, so I think we're good till 11. And what do you have in 11? Uh, Stephen, 11.16, a gracious woman retaineth honor and strong men retain riches. Okay, nothing major helpful. Okay, next. All right, 12.4. Does everybody feel comfortable with 12.4? Uh, we're going we're gonna to go here. Okay, um, a virtuous woman. Everybody, oh, you got 12.2? Oh, 11.22. All right, let me see. Did we miss something? A jewel... As a jewel of gold and a swine's snout, so is a fair woman, which is without discretion. Okay? Or folly. All right. Okay? That's kind of just, yeah, showing a, a woman who is foolish is not, is not worth anything. All right? Um, and in 12.4, a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. See the contrast between the two women? A virtuous woman, good! The other woman, It's like rotting bones, okay? Now, again, you could use this to beat down a woman, but this is contrasting woman wisdom with woman foolishness, okay? Uh, Anything else in chapter 12? No, okay, next. 14.1, are we gonna make it? Are we gonna make it? Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. See the contrast? Woman wisdom, And woman wisdom, does that not sound like Proverbs 31? She's building her house. The foolish woman doesn't care about the house. All right, next. Right. Does everybody feel comfortable with that? Seventeen, twelve. Okay, so yeah, nothing super helpful there, okay? So can, can we jump to 20? All right, ch- uh, chapter which? 2016? Uh, take his garment, that is surety for a stranger, and take a pledge of him for a strange woman. Okay, at least the strange woman shows back up again. All right, next. 21.9. It is better to dwell in a corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a white house, okay? But once again, now again, I know that people take that literal, 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 and there may be literal implications, but once again, what, is that, what does it seem to be indicating? Who's it better to dwell with? Woman wisdom. Now the other woman may, again, will be more enticing, but it doesn't sound like it's going to end up in such a good, a good situation, right? Okay, because nobody wants to deal with a, a brawling woman. It, uh, how does the NIV translate uh, Proverbs 21.9? A quarrelsome. So a woman who wants to quarrel, 
and argue and bro- that's not no no I, no 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 nobody wants that nobody no it better to do what just go live on top of the roof right because that's where you can get away from her right because I doubt she, that the idea she's not going to crawl up on the roof after you okay hopefully not okay she may be in the house yelling get in here now okay but that's okay you can like I can't hear you right twenty one nineteen. Oh, same concept. So obviously, and look, and Proverbs, Solomon probably was used to this contentious women, right? Because he had a lot of them, right? So it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. It's better, like he's like, it's better to give up my palace. It's better to just go live in the woods. And then with a woman who wants to do what? Fight and argue and God, nobody wants to deal with that. Okay, okay, I guess everybody's here. It's like, I'm good to go with it, okay? And why would the foolish woman, uh, and and again, the the foolish woman, at least at the beginning, and I I think we can see that this kind of woman is not the wise woman. The wise woman is not going to be contentious and brawling and fighting and angry and arguing. It's like, just stop. It's a, but guess, did the foolish woman appear that way at the beginning? Oh, no. At the beginning, it's all like, okay, do what? Yo, no, the grave's nowhere to be found. She looks great. Everything looks great. And she's like, I'm all about you. I'm all for you. I'm here for you. I'll do everything for you. And then it all ends in, well, it, like, that ends pretty bad. Now she's just brawling, fighting, arguing, angry, contentious. And it, it all becomes about whom? Becomes about her. You got brought in, you die for her benefit, right? This is drawing the contrast, right? Next. 2327. And what do we have here? For a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. She lieth await for a prey and increaseth the transgression among men. Who has woe, who has sorrow, who ha- and then go, that's, actually now it's going to go into alcohol, right? It's going to go into alcohol. Please note how it will how it subtly flows in and out of that. Think about it. Think, listen, everyone pay close attention. I know we're running out of time. Listen, the, the whore, the adulterous woman is obviously wisdom, is, is a foolish woman. The, the, the good woman is, 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 or wisdom, or is the wise woman or, wi- or wisdom as a woman, right? Okay, so we see the contrast. Please note, alcohol comes into play here. And alcohol bears the characteristics of whom? The strange woman. The adulterous woman. Because what does alcohol do? Does it look good? Yeah. Does it promise you fun and excitement? Yeah. Does everyone tell you, you need to drink it or you can't have any fun? Yeah. Yeah. And then where does it end up? Yeah, it ends up bad. It ends up in a negative way, right? I mean, look, you don't believe it. Just go to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. You'll hear those stories. Now, everyone thinks that they will never be an alcoholic. Because why? It's the foolish woman seducing you. 
I've always said, I've said it a million times. If I was an atheist of an atheist of an, if I was the deep, if I was the most committed atheist in the world, guess what will never enter my mouth? Alcohol, because I'm not going to take on a substance that has the potential to turn me into an alcoholic. Because once you become an alcoholic, who are you controlled by? The other substance. And then that leads to destruction. Why would I do that? Hey, drink this. It has the potential of turning you into an addict. Well, you know what a good way to, you know, the number one way to avoid alcoholism? Don't drink. No, this is like, I know this is like breaking news, but it's been proven scientifically that if you don't drink, you can't become an alcoholic. And it's also been proven if you never do drugs, you can't become addicted. It's, I've never, my views on that have nothing to do with my religion. In fact, anytime I've ever preached on alcohol here, I never, I rarely use scripture. I typically just give all the statistics about alcoholism. And like, you've got to be an idiot. It's the strange woman. Does everyone see? The adultery and the alcohol is the continuing narrative and this large point, poem, basically, that's contrasting woman wisdom and woman foolishness. And alcohol does the same thing. It entices, it promises you the world and you end up in the grave. The best way is just to avoid it. But can we convince our culture to avoid it? You can't. It's like, you, it's like you even just mentioned it. People are like, you're ridiculous. You really, it has nothing to do with religion. That's just a smart thing to do. It's the smartest thing to do. I got enough problems. I don't need alcohol, okay? And, and as a Christian, I definitely don't need alcohol because I already got a sinful nature. And you get my sinful nature drunk, who knows what I'm doing? Right? I'm running around Vegas without any clothes on. Like, who knows what's going on, right? That's the last thing my sinful nature needs. All right, so, but I just want you to see that immediately it flows right into alcohol, does it not? Flows right into alcohol because it's it's using the same uh, concept. All right, next verse. We're almost done. Are we done? Okay, nothing else in 23? Okay, I think we got all of 23. All right, and then you said 24? Or 25, 24? All right. 25, 24, we're almost there, all right? It is better to dwell. (laughs) Solomon has, he is, by this point, he's obviously grown tired of women, all right? It is better to dwell in the corner of the housetop than with a brawling woman in a white house. He has gotten really tired of these women who want to fight and argue. He's tired of it, all right? Next. 27, 13. Oh, wait. 27.8, as a bird wandereth from her nest, so is a man that wandereth from his place, okay? Uh, And then what was the next one? 27.13, take his garment, that is surety for a stranger, and take a pledge of him for a strange woman, all right? Next, whosoever hideth her, hideth the wind, and anointment of his right hand, which uh, bewrayeth itself, 
A continual dropping and a very raining day and a contentious woman are alike. He's back to the contentious woman. He's tired of, he does not like contentious women. He's done with them. And I, I, I bet you he probably had a meeting, okay? Hey, all women, I am tired of you arguing and being contentious. I need some peace in here, right? So you can, you can see. But once again, the contrast, woman wisdom is not like this. This is the foolish woman, all right? Okay, next, Proverbs 30. Oh, we're almost done. We're almost done, and I think we've proven our point. And guess what shows back up just out in the midst of nowhere? Chapter 30, verse 20, such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. The adulterous woman, the foolish woman, acts like she's done nothing wrong. Okay, and then that's it, right? 3023, for an uh, odious woman, when she is married and in a handmaid that is heir to her mistress. Okay, and is that it? Uh, 28. Okay, he's in the king's palaces, okay. And then 31. And then 31 is the dramatic conclusion. Who finally shows up in 31? Woman wisdom. And woman wisdom is shown to be what? This is what, it's almost like after we've gone through all of that, it's almost like Solomon is like, hey, 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 guys, guys, guys. Because how did the book begin? What's the whole point of the book? To find wisdom. And look at Proverbs, is it 1-2? What's the first words of Proverbs 1-2? To describe, I, I don't have it memories. To find wisdom? Does it say to find wisdom? To obtaining wisdom? All right. Okay. But to find wisdom or obtain wisdom, is that not how the book begins? And then Proverbs 31, is it verse 10? Whoever finds a... There you go. It's connect. It's, if you don't see that, I don't know what else to tell you. The book ends how it begins. That's a classic storytelling. That's a classic way to build a story, is it not? You circle back around. The book says find find wisdom. And then it went through all the contrasting the two, right? And it contrasted them in in lots of different ways. Here's the woman wisdom. Here's the foolish woman. She's described as the adulteress and all of that. And we understand about being seduced. Everyone knows what it is to be seduced and pulled away from what you're supposed to be doing. We can feel that. And then it ends. And then Solomon's like, here's the woman I've been telling you about. This is the woman you need to marry. This is the woman you need to find. And it is woman wisdom. Proverbs is the personification of two women. One is wisdom One is foolishness. Proverbs 31, instead of being a manual telling women how to act and placing all of that burden, I'm not saying there's not practical implications, but the the focal point is on what? Wisdom. And we all, and guess who's supposed to find her? The man. This is about the man finding her. The whole book is about us. We're supposed to be pursuing that. This is about the man's pursuit of that. And we want her because all of those things are true. So if all of those things are true, not true in a man's life, it's because you didn't find wisdom. It's not about because your wife is not doing her job at home. 
So in some ways, it's more a, 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 a rebuke at men. But we've turned it into a rebuke on women. Now, there's my, I'll still state it as a hypothesis. Now, I'm not saying that there, there's not there things for women to, I mean, there's, there's very practical aspects here. But it's written, and it, it's a poem. It's poetry. It's poetry. And in poetry, there's personification. And the personification is woman wisdom and woman foolishness. Now, the question to all of us, whether woman or man, is are we pursuing the right woman? Because if we don't, we're going to end up in a very detrimental place. All right, let's pray. Lord God, we come before you this afternoon. Forgive us for pursuing the wrong woman and help us see the benefit, the value, and the necessity of the right woman, woman wisdom. Let us pursue it and love that versus the other. We ask this in Jesus' name. And God's people said,